What a finish. Michael Conforto leaned in, took one for the team, and the Mets won a thriller in comeback fashion in the home opener on Thursday, Figgy. We'll break down the call by the umpires, the Mets' bullpen concerns, and Jake and his dad will talk about being back at City Field. That's right, Figgy. My dad is right next to me, sitting right next to me for this one, and he'll join me to discuss our now 18-year home opener tradition. Let's have some fun next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Welcome back to Amazing But True. Wow. What a game, Figgy, at City Field. This is our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Give us that five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. We'll have some fun with the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy later. My dad is sitting next to me. He's going to pop in. So watch out for that. Bob Brown is here. But Figgy, I mean, we don't need a guest today besides my dad because what a game, what a finish at City Field. I was there, the atmosphere, just having fans walking in, you know, having a drink, eating something, having that pastrami sandwich. You missed out, bro. I know you're down in Florida now, but you missed out. It was electric. What a win in the home opener. The best part about it is you start out talking about it and you go right to food. Oh, yeah, Right to food. It's unbelievable. Bro, that pastrami Uh, is juicy. No mustard, no pickles, just straight up pastrami on rye glorious they're not cheap with it either they're really good with it, with the pastrami there so I, I i'm very jealous i'm very jealous you got to go to a opening day there at city field a gorgeous day and it was a fun game to watch until the end all right let's start with that so we'll get into the atmosphere i'll tell you about you know the vibes there and everything but the, the topic at hand is pretty easy if if you have a brain on your head and that's Michael Conforto, my hero. Extend him right after the game. You know, give him the Graham Gano treatment. The Giants extended him right after he kicked the game-winning field goal. Extend Conforto now. Get Scott Boris on the line and tell him that's how you play the game. Listen, obviously, Michael Conforto, Figgy, leaned in, and he pulled off what some would call a little league move, leaning in, taking one for the team, and the umpires got it wrong. But the call, the you know, that is not reviewable. If he was not hit by the pitch, that could get overturned. But he clearly got hit on the elbow pad. They can't overturn, if I'm correct, Figgy, if I, if I have the rules right, they can't overturn the fact that he leaned in. And that's why fans are mad. You know, Mets fans are excited. But guess what? We never get a freaking break as Mets fans. We had a dildo in the locker. We had terrible owners with the Wilpons. We had the guys bat out of order. But guess what? For once, <laughs> we got a break today, Figgy. Uh, yeah, a break. You have to realize I... I... I expect more from this team, and I expect a lot more from Michael Conforto. When you have bases loaded with one out in that situation, and it's a one-two count, he didn't take the bat off his shoulder. Ladies and gentlemen, that pitch was a strike. It's in the strike zone. It is still in the K zone as a strike. Would have been rung up as strike three looking with the bases loaded, game on the line. This is the guy that we talked about all spring training long. He's one of the few guys you want with a bat in his hands in big situations. We have yet 
to see him come up clutch so far this year. And today, he bailed himself out. Yes, the team got the win, but even in his post-game interview, you could hear it in his voice. He wasn't proud of what he did. He wasn't excited. He said, well, a win is a win. Great. He wants to move past it already. This isn't going to go away very quickly, and I'm almost guaranteeing I will double down that tomorrow Michael Conforto gets hit, not with a curveball. Well, Figgy must be real fun at parties. What a loser. I mean, come on, bro. It is electric. It was so. No, 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 no. McNeil was electric. McNeil getting the stadium to their feet in that ninth inning, coming through with a big home run. That's electric. That is a gamer. Don't give me this. Excuse me. I didn't take the bat off my shoulder with a one-two count to even try to protect against the breaking ball that was down the middle, but I came up with an idea mid-pitch to throw my elbow guard out and get hit in the elbow guard. I already have issues with all the armor that these players wear. Now you're going to wear the armor and use it to your advantage on a breaking ball, a curveball, so that you have a walk-off win because he had the limp all the way to first base because he was in so much pain from taking that pitch. What a warrior. This sounds like a crybaby pitcher who, who as a pitcher, is mad because that would have been a, a strikeout in his end. Listen, I love it. Uh, I mean, the worst case he does that is that they overturn and they say he leaned in and he's out. And listen, that would have been the second out of the inning. Remember, Correct. they walk mm-hmm. Lindor. And here's why the Marlins deserve this. I hate absolutely hate when teams will walk the bases loaded because you put yourself in a position where your pitcher has to throw strikes and he can't risk a hit by pitch. Obviously that was a strike. We know it was right down the middle. It was a right call as strike three. If it weren't the hit by pitch, but you make your pitcher pound the zone. And if he doesn't, we've seen the Mets have Kenny Rogers game six, 99 NLCS Jake's first time as a Mets fan, the base is loaded. Boom. This is the problem when you walk the base load and listen, Lindor, you'd probably rather face Conforto than Lindor. Conforto left a small seven-line army on the base pass uh, the other (laughs) night. You know, the Mets left eight, nine, ten, whatever, how many guys it was on base, and only had one run going into the ninth inning. But this is the problem. I mean, mean, you know it. You're a pitcher. You walk the bases loaded. You have to throw strikes. And while he did. And he did. Give a little lean. I'm remixing remixing Fat Joe. Lean in. Uh, uh, Lean in. Alina. I'm going to I'm going to go back to this right here. The reason that you walk Lindor in that situation, of course, you're trying to set up for the double play. You're hoping it hits into a double play. But the other thing is you do not want to jumpstart the legend of Lindor against your team first game of the series with him having a walk off situation. Right. So you walk him to face a struggling Michael Conforto, who is still struggling. That is a huge moment. Bases loaded. One, two count. I am almost in favor of seeing him swing from his ass and miss it by a mile than to do what he did today. And yes, they won. Great. But I, I, I just, I don't know. It, to me, I, I, I feel like that's not what you're doing in the backyard. Bases loaded. World Series on the line. Oh, he leans in with the elbow guard and the walk-off win. They win it all. No, that ain't happening still. I, I, I'm not celebrating it. They won. Great. I am not going down to the bar tonight and saying, I can't believe that game. What a game. Well, I am. By pitch, Michael Conforto, he took one for the team. He put his elbow out, and the New York Mets have won the home opener. You'll hear more about it tonight on the Amazing But True podcast. 
Let's go, Mets. Big win. Never seen anything like it. Lean into the pitch. Ball game over. Like Mets it. win. Let's go. 18th home opener in a row. In the books. The Brown family tradition continues with a Mets victory to boot. Let's go. That's called the electric factory, Figgy. That is called the electric factory. Listen, you haven't seen anything like it. When Tell me when you've seen a batter lean in with his elbow and win the game. Tell me. Ever? This might be the first time in history. No, no, it's happened. There, there's been walk-off hit by pitches before, but I'm almost positive it wasn't on a breaking ball with a two-strike count. Not even a bouncing one. Like, okay, if it bounced and hit him in the foot, great. It was in the strike zone. It's in the K zone. The elbow was in the K zone as well. I want more. I want more. I'm sorry. This is a guy who's playing for an extension. I want more. I want him swinging the bat. And just like he said, he even said it. I wish I did it with the bat. That's why I'm still not happy. Drinks are on me, Michael Conforti. You want black cherries? I, I was handed <laughs> vouchers, 22, 24-ounce uh, Coors uh, seltzers. I didn't, you know, every brand has a has a white claw kind of drink now. Coors, a, a random man hands me two free drinks. Mets win. Drinks on me, Michael. I know you didn't, the Mets aren't paying you yet. But you deserve it. I loved it, man. And, you know, you talked about it, Jeff McNeil. That bat flip was absolutely electric. But, you know, the electricity and why he felt it was kind of because the atmosphere. Brian, let's hear, courtesy of SMY, what Jeff McNeil said about the moment and the bat flip after the game. Um, Yeah, no, it's definitely one of my, uh, you know, biggest moments as a Met right there. Uh you know, just to hear the crowd again was, uh, you know, pretty incredible. Uh, you know, they were getting me fired up that entire bat. Uh, you know, every pitch I took, they were uh, you know, cheering, getting louder. So, uh, you know, I was pretty pumped up. And then, uh, you know, as soon as I left the bat, or as soon as it left the bat, uh, you know, I knew it. And, um, you know, just to hear the, the crowd erupt again was, uh, you know, pretty incredible. That's right. He heard Jake say, let's go, Matt. Who? Let's go, Matt. Who? I mean, that place was rocking. I mean, we were going crazy. And my phone died in the sixth inning. You know me, Mr. Twitter, oh, taking videos, couldn't do anything. I had to have my dad take a video. I, I was missing the reactions. I was like, what's happening? I couldn't follow what's happening because my phone died. But uh, for 8,000 fans, Figgy, I mean, you could hear it on TV even when he hit the homer. It was electric in the ninth inning. I mean, for, for the most part, the game was a snooze fest leading up to it. Let's give credit to Taiwan Walker. Fantastic. No hitter, four and a third. Um, obviously struggle a little bit later. Would have liked to see him go seven. We're seeing a lot of Miguel Castro in the seventh, but give credit. You know, the bullpen did a good job. Edwin Diaz, by the way, I, I was mid-tweeting it and taking a video when my phone died. So actually, I lied. It was the ninth inning. His en entrance music is electric. There's the <laughs> trumpets playing. They had Mr. and Miss Met on the scoreboard playing trumpets. They had trumpets. It was like out of a movie. It was awesome. And then he came in and did a good job, and he was throwing 100 miles an hour. Uh, he's obviously got the stuff, so that was good to see. That's another storyline with this week that we got to get into is, you know, Dellen Batanz is on the IL now. You know, Heldenberger, you know, Cheeseburger, whatever his name is, is now uh, coming up for the Mets to take over. Uh, so the bullpen has been the big concern. I tweeted about it. Shane Green, free agent, paging, paging Steve Cohen. Uh, you got to go get him. The Mets need to definitely go get another reliever at this point. Uh, especially if Batances misses time. We are already concerned about him, Figgy. So the bullpen, I think, is the one concern here. But it was nice to see Taiwan Walker make 
such a nice debut at City Field. Yeah, no, he did a fantastic job. I hadn't been able to see him in spring training with the velocity numbers, but we saw 96, 97 consistently out of him today. Uh, good breaking ball, moved the ball around. I was I was impressed from what I saw, especially early on, and then he kind of you know tailed off towards the end. But I, I like what I saw out of him, and, and if he can continue to throw the ball uh, at that level, then I, he's a fantastic number five yeah you know peterson did not pitch well i mean he had a bad first inning he recovered in the middle the other day in philly but he was not good uh so that was a little bit of a concern marcus stroman fantastic Degrom, we watched the game together monday obviously had, had a poor one out for the homies when uh the bullpen blew it it was two nothing and then the bullpen gave up five runs in the eight not a great start for trevor may who did rebound at city field today uh so again we said this before the season figure we said in the season preview show left side of the field defense but number one concern the bullpen can they have the bounce back boys we said that last year they did not bounce back well now it's bounce back boys part two Put the mixtape out there. It's 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 the deluxe version. But they are uh, my main concern. I'm scared because how many times are you going to throw Miguel Castro out there? Let's be real. He's a career 4-4-5 four, four, ERA guy. Uh, th- there's just a lot of holes in that pen that they didn't address. They replaced Justin Wilson with Aaron Loop, and they added Trevor May. They did nothing else. Jacob Barnes? I mean, come on, man. That's uh, moving forward. Besides today, home opener, everything electric. That's my main concern for this team. Yeah, they need to add another quality arm, um, if nothing else, because of, you know, Batantis already on the IL. He he was all over the place the other day. 21 pitches, only nine strikes. Hildenbrand, or, um, he did fantastic in spring training. He's that side-arming reliever. That It's a different look. The Mets don't have anybody like that in their bullpen. Not since uh, poor Darren O'Day. And I don't mean poor because he made a lot of money, a lot of money after the Mets released him to make room for me, actually. Uh, wait, they, that was, wait, 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 wait. The Mets released Darren O'Day for you? Yep. Oh, my Just, God. Wait, wait, what a mistake. Be- wait, it, wait, it gets better. <laughs> it gets better. They only they only did it for me to make the start that day. And then they put me on waivers as well after the game. What year was that? 2009. I always wonder why they got rid of O'Day so quick because I love side armors and he yep. had a very nice career after that. that yeah, well, he had a fantastic career after that. And, and it was all because he got released at that point and it was early in the season. It wasn't his fault. You know, he wasn't pitching poorly. Next thing you know, gone and wow, surely missed. Uh, and, and that always comes up whenever O'Day comes back around. They're like, you know who he got released for <laughs> or got he got uh, put on waivers for and Nelson Figueroa. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, sorry, bro. That's that's a big demotion. <laughs> no, I mean, you you pitch more innings. He was a reliever. So at the time, the Mets needed a starter. I get it. But wow. I mean, that's like when the Mets let Joe Smith go. I mean, Joe Smith Joe had Smith a very nasty. good career. He was nasty. nasty. Anyone who sidearmed injected into my veins. Same I, thing with, yeah. Remember Feliciano with the Mets who logged all those innings all those years. He was just nasty. He used to warm up on the opposite mound. So there's two mounds in the bullpen. He would warm up on the right, on the left-hand mound and throw the right-hand um, home plate. He would crossfire that bad so to keep his arm angled like that. No one else I've ever seen do it. Speaking of Feliciano, hearing Lazy Mary again, oh my goodness, just <laughs> unbelievable. The seventh inning stretch, that is something, you know, there's always changes in life and stadiums and food. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. That is one constant that makes Mets fans go crazy. And I love it. Lazy Mary, never change it. And, you know, my dad is here next to me. Now, dad, uh, 18 straight home openers. The vibe today, 
I know you liked it. You know, obviously COVID, less fans. I think you like it because, you know, the less traffic, less commotion. A lot of food, guys, was closed. If you're going out to the stadium and listen to this this weekend, you get your pastrami, but you're not going to get your chicken parm hero. You're not getting your lobster fries. I didn't go up top. Maybe I'll do that on Saturday if I go, um, which I, I should be going depending on the weather. Sunday, we might get rain, but Saturday I might go. But a lot of the food was closed off. But good atmosphere, uh, pretty easy check-in if you're vaccinated or you have your proof. I got, I had to, I was a day short of two weeks, so I went Thursday morning, got my rapid test on Northern Boulevard, got results within an hour, so you can do that within six hours of the game. But, Dad, uh, 18 years has been special. We went from Shea Stadium 2003 Listen to this. 30-degree weather. It, it was a chance of snow that day. We got there late. We had a park all the way where they filmed uh, Men in Black, the flying saucers <laughs> over there. We parked all the way over there. I remember that, but I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. Um, we parked all the way over there. The Mets lost, I think, Dad, it was 15-2 or something. And over the years, just from Shea to City to me starting a media, now me doing a show with a guy who we we watched uh, uh, with the Mets, it's been a, a pretty crazy uh, glow up. But uh, it was good to keep it going 18 years after not going last year, right, Dad? Yeah. So today, even though we didn't have 40 or 50 thousand fans, it was still electric. It was exciting to be there smelling the grass and, and seeing the players warming up. Um, really, really exciting. Um, enjoyed it. And whether you you know you have to enjoy a game like this, how it ends as a fan, not as a player, but as a fan. And let's face it, you know, hit by pitch is an 1884 rule, so it's over 100 years old. This was the umpire miss. It wasn't a miss by the by the batter. It was an umpire miss, but it was great. Enjoyed it. And uh, next year will be 19 years. So looking forward to it. Yeah, that's the same thing for us as a player, and especially for a kid growing up in New York. When I got a chance to be at opening day on the field um and you talk about smelling the grass everything was different when i got to be on the inside looking up at all the fans and and hearing the roar of the crowd and also hearing the booze i think it was for heilman when i was there in that was in, probably uh, me. 2000. <laughs> yep <laughs> when i was there in 2008 but i remember mark anthony sang the national anthem and it was unbelievable i'm talking goosebumps i'm talking the whole nine yards um he was really good friends with carlos beltran and um he came to sing the uh the last opening day for uh, Shea Stadium. And that was a big highlight for me in my career because I'm a huge Mark Anthony fan. So you had that, you had just the, um, usually a flyby, uh, flyover, you know, right at the end of it all. And then getting ready for the game. And you're right, the smell of the grass, being able to be there as a, as a fan, I can imagine all those things, just the sights, the sounds. It's a little eerie that it was so empty. And you're like, it's opening day, and yet there's only 8,000 people. But it, it was definitely – I've heard from a lot of fans that got a chance to go um, how excited they were. And there were a lot of season ticket holders who, you know, the tickets got pushed back, whatever. They did whatever they want, had to do to be there. And so I, I can appreciate guys like you who make it a special moment, father and son. I probably would have thrown you a baseball, but I don't know if you could catch Jake. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're accurate. I probably would have dropped a butterfinger. Uh, but I, you know, I, I remember walking to Shea. It was hot dogs, peanuts, all that Shea, guaranteed to have a heck of a day. Duh. You walk in, you come off the train, and you just start bobbing. You're like, I'm back, yeah, everybody baby. Everybody starts going, "Let's go Mets!" Yeah. Oh my God, bro, Ooh. the "Let's Go Mets" chant today. 
Now, it didn't get electric until the ninth inning and the Jeff McNeil and the bat flip, which was unreal. But when it did, it was it felt loud because everyone's doing it. And listen, let's be real. No one the whole game was keeping their masks on. I mean, it's just it's it's hard to keep your mask on the whole game. I know they say keep it on unless you're eating or drinking. No one's doing that because the seats are are separated. And listen, I think everyone should wear your mask. That's the thing. But when you look around, you know, most people had them down. And to cheer, it is hard to cheer. Let's go Mets with the mask on. I will say so, uh, and you got to breathe sometimes. But man, the, the, there's a certain vibe. You know, 18 years in a row. It's that we used to go every week. We had a Saturday plan in 2003, I think, or 2002. We had a Saturday plan. Mo Vaughn was there, and you know, we used to go to sports card shows. And go to Mets games on Saturday. It might 7 p.m. game, 1 p.m. during the day. We would meet like someone like our guest last week, Ron Sobota, at one of the sports car shows in White Plains and go to games. And we would go to Amore, you know, rest in peace, our Nana and Papa. We'd go there and have your, your go to your parents and bring in Amore pie. So it was a sense of normalcy after a weird year of COVID to just be at the ballpark, walk in, you know, get get your, for you, your bottle, big bottle of water. Um, and, and, you know, it was a sense of normalcy there today yeah it really was it, it felt after a, a horrific year with so many people passing uh and so much tragedy that to go to a ball game felt really good and, and i really enjoyed it. it you know remember the days when i used to cut out from the milk cartons and because we couldn't afford to go to a game as a kid you say 500 uh, tabs of the milk cart and you go and you send them in and you get two nosebleed seats and sit up on the top and then go down to the lower seats maybe in the seventh inning when the guys were letting you get down there after the team was either losing or the game was out of hand. But yeah, so uh, it's a big difference today, $250 a ticket. And for those, for those kids who can't afford that, that's why I feel for. Because I was always able to get in the game somehow um, and figure out. But yeah, it's fantastic, 18 years in a row a great tradition. And uh, again, um, you know, at the beginning of the game, they, they talked about some of the greats. They showed them up on the screen. There was Gibson, there was Brock, there was Seaver, there was Whitey Ford, Hank, uh, Aaron. Hank Aaron. I mean, you know, the greatest players in the game passed this year. And we don't really know which ones passed from COVID or other diseases, but it was a really difficult year for sports, losing some of the best players that ever played the game. Soft-spoken. Soft-spoken Figgy, the polar opposite of me. He's very soft-spoken. <laughs> no, opening day, when you have a chance to reflect, and teams usually do a pretty good job of uh, kind of doing something of that nature because we did lose a lot of the greats over the past year. So taking that moment and a moment of silence to just reflect about some of the immortals of baseball, those names will live on forever, um, especially, you know, with the way that the legendary way that they would go and pitch 11, 12, 13 innings, pitch 160 pitches in a game, the, the feats of greatness. People these days will never truly understand that era was just totally different. Growing up and seeing baseball and seeing the way that they played the game and taking people out at second base, barreling over catchers, <laughs> that's lost in today's game. Today's game with the athletes being so good and so well paid, the game has gotten really soft in that manner. And now hit by pitches as walk-offs on elbow guards. That Screw this you. Is, this, is the, <laughs> this is the state of the game. Now, I'm going to stop being bitter about it. I, you know they what? won. Celebrate. They won. They won. They won. I, 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 Michael Conforto at least admitted. He said, 
I want to do it with my bat. Therefore, under which I look for bigger and better things from him. You know, my dad is the oldest one in the conversation, but if Nelson Figueroa sounds like Grandpa Figueroa out here. I mean, goodness gracious, get off Damn my kids, lawn. Get guy. off my lawn. <laughs> do you blame the batter or the umpire? It's very clear it was missed. Um, if you look at the rule, the rule states there are certain things in the rule that state if he swings, there are very clear things. And yes. It's up to, oh, yes. No, it's up, to, it's up to the umpire. Canelo did it twice in one season. Yeah, it's up to the swung. umpire, though, really. Yeah. And, and he made the bad call. So, you know, if the umpire missed it, shame on him. But, you know, listen, uh, games, it's a win, a win. And uh, from my point of view as a fan, it was absolutely fantastic to see. I'm pretty sure Lindor wasn't yelling to him. Hey, make sure you stick out the elbow guard. Get the, get that elbow guard out there. Really, really challenge him with that elbow guard. That wasn't what he was trying to pump up Michael Conforto. But I also think he, he didn't dive into the pitch. He moved his arm, yes. And the umpire is the one who has to be the judge, jury, and executioner and make that call. And, and he didn't do it. And he, he didn't do it. And, and if you read the rules, as I have today, just for curiosity... Um, it's very clear that uh, he should have been called out, and he wasn't, and that was the ump's, ump's decision. And you're right. It's a split-second decision. We can't take 20 minutes, but uh, these things happen. But that's what makes the game so great, that everything isn't just statistics. And You know, today, Jake, I say, Jake, is that guy playing with his phone in the outfield, uh, Smith? And he says, no, that's a card he gets so he knows <laughs> where to stand when certain batters are up. Everything is so calculated it just feels like some of the gut calls that Billy Martin used to make for the Yankees have just disappeared. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And that's something that we've talked about already with Rojas in the short uh, beginning of the season that we are seeing managerial things that I feel are scripted. It, it, you can't script baseball. You can have a game plan, but you can't stick to the script without having that gut feel of saying, you know what, Jake is on tonight. Let him go an extra inning. You've got a day off on Friday, let him go that extra inning so that this way he's going to still be fresh. Pitch count gets to 90. We'll take him out, whatever it may be. There has to be that feel and that, that trust in the manager to have that kind of gut instinct and go maybe against the game plan. Yes, it was Jacob for six, then seven, eight, nine bullpen. But I would have felt much better with Jacob going longer. I think that's what we're looking for out of managers nowadays is the return of a manager who is able to do that. Larusa is in Chicago with the White Sox, not because he knows how to read a stat sheet. That's for sure. You see, my dad said, I read the rules, Figgy. So screw you, you dumbass. That's nerd what alert. <laughs> nerd alert. <laughs> He's reading the rule books. Might nerd. be soft spoken, but Bob Brown's coming in hot. Yeah, my dad's like, why is this guy got a phone? Is, is he texting in his pocket? I'm like, no, dad, that's that's a card. And, and by the way, I was sitting by the, behind the pole and Dom Smith, awesome. He's just talking to the fans, throwing balls. You know, he's literally having a conversation with one fan who's asking for a ball. Like, it, I mean, if you don't love Dom Smith, I mean, do you love life? Do, do you love chicken parm? I mean, do you not like <laughs> you must hate life if you don't like Dom Smith? He is so likable. We had the whole show dedicated to him last summer after, you know, he got emotional. Everything about him. He's been hitting great this week. He's been fine in left field. No, no problems yet. Obviously, there'll be some, but he was fun to watch out there in left field, man, talking with the fans. And I, I miss that sitting out there and seeing guys communicate with fans, seeing the ball go up in the stands. You know, seeing my people, shout out to Tiffany and, and Tara, all the people, the t-shirt team, saw my my guy seeing Mr. Met and Miss Met walk around. It was a, a sense of normalcy, like we said, being at the home opener. But like you said, dating back to Monday, 
can't happen. Sorry. You, you can't be pulling pitchers of 77 pitches. I don't care if it's the first game of the season. Jacob DeGrom was dealing. There was no reason to pull him. And we said another reason for the Mets, if they want to be good, is Luis Rojas has improved as a manager. If he's doing that, the Mets aren't making the playoffs. We'll use the excuse that it was game one and we shouldn't overreact. And, you know, they, they would still lose in the eighth. You know, they Castro still would have came in. Listen, if what but it bleh, 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 bleh. Leave him in the game. He could have went eight innings, 100 pitches. I don't want to see that anymore. So that's the one concern. Well, Figgy coming up. We got Saturday and Sunday. We get to see DeGrom, Stroman. We get in Taiwan dealing. We got DeGrom out there. We got Stroman. We got 1 p.m. baseball, 60-degree weather. The sun is shining. Life is good. The Mets are back. I'm in a good mood. I know I know you're a little cranky because no. uh, he, he, he cheated. I'm over but, it. I'm over it. And, and, and Culpa said after the game, he said uh, he was wrong. So the umpire admitted, which you love to see. And out of the Marlins and everyone on Twitter, let us get a break for once. We've, we haven't won a World Series since 1986. I've seen back-to-back collapses. I've seen my Watch childhood stadium dumped into pieces. You were on the collapse team. It was a train wreck. I was living in Carolina. Let the Mets catch a break. We've had so much ineptitude that it's about time we got one. So screw the haters. The Mets are two and two. And another home opener victory in the books. You're listening to the Amazing But True podcast. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, Bob Brown. Uh, you know, soft-spoken Bob Brown. And Brian, we're going to have to crank up the volume on him. He, you know, for me, you got to lower it a little bit. For him, we got to crank it up. Uh, but you're you're going to teach us. You're going to give us a lesson next, Figgy. You're going to get two customers. So you're getting, you know, double admission. You're getting double price. Two students today. Next, in the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy, right here on Amazing But True. Welcome back to the Amazing But True podcast. It is time now for the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy, where I am trying to teach Jake the fine culture of the Spanish language in baseball terms. And today we've got a doozy. Of course, after today's victory, and Jake is so excited about it, we're going to hit this from two angles. Easily, the hit by pitch was the biggest play in the game. We're going to go in Spanish. Here's the first time. Golpeado por el lanzamiento. Holy cow. Slow it down <laughs> one more time. Golpeado por el lanzamiento. Is that Spanish? I don't even know if that's Spanish. And you're the one who speaks. Say it again. Golpeado. 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 Por. Por. El lanzamiento. El salmonella. Holy. <laughs> This might be the toughest word in the Spanish language. <laughs> El gabigabu, abagubagubu. Hold one more, on. One more time. Listen. Get, no, 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 no. Get, big, get Papa Brown in there because Papa Brown's All got right, a little All right, Dad, your turn. Here we go. Okay, again. Say it slow right. and I'll try to mimic it. Hit me. by pitch. Golpeado. Golpeado. Por el lanzamiento. Por el lanzamiento. Golpeado. Golpeado. Por el lanzamiento. Por el lanzamiento. It's a lot better than me. I mean, wait, let me try it again because I'm I can't even follow. So one word at a time, and let me say it. Go. Golpeado. Golpeado. Am I Why saying is your it? accent on that last syllable so strong? Am I- he sounds like a real white guy. <laughs> he said he sounds like a real white guy. I mean, I am. I am. I got some colors today at the stadium, but I can't. I can't do it. Golpeado. Golpeado. Por el lanzamiento. Por el lanzamiento. 
That's close enough. What is that All last right, word? Hold on. Golpeando por what? El lanzamiento. El, el lanzamiento. Yep. Okay. Hit by the pitch. Golpeando okay. por el lanzamiento. <laughs> so I, I dated a Cuban girl for three years, so I... Uh, <laughs> Don't listen, mom. Turn this off now, quick. I guarantee you, you've never. I guarantee you, you've never said they're hit by pitch. No, no, it was. Uh, but I did understand yeah. more as I, as I. What was her name? Her. Jasmine. What was? Oh, no, was her name? Was, uh, Yasmin. <laughs> Yasmin Rodriguez. Oh, Arroz! Drop the mic, Rodriguez. <laughs> Alex Rodriguez. Uh, Whoa! Right. Now, okay. now we get to part two. All right. Real simple. Tramposo. 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 Ta, 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 ta. Tramposo. Easy, easy said, right? All right. I, well, can every word be like tramposo and not vargo, gabogu, ponamiento? And at the end of it all, that means cheater. Today's oh. word of the day is cheater. Of course, the word I could say is saw. cheater, which is not Michael Conforto. He's just a real man who knows how to play the game of baseball <laughs> and makes real moves. All right. One more time. Gabogu one. Do it again. Golpeado por el lanzamiento. Gopialo por lanzamiento. It's so close. I don't think I'll ever get it right. I could practice that for the next decade and still get it wrong. But at least Bob Brown, my father could roll his R's. He didn't pass that along. He passed That's along, a real man. He passed along the chicken parm, the food. You know, he's done better now. He had diabetes, but now he's eating healthy. I'm probably going to get diabetes with my diet. But he did not pass Rodriguez. Rodriguez over to me. And that'll say adios to episode 41, the Tom Seaver Rest in Peace edition of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Brian Mungia, for producing the show. Give Amazing But True a five-star rating and write a nice review on Apple Podcasts, please. Gracias, mis amigos. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Monday following the Mets series against the Marlins. Enjoy the games. Can't wait to be there again. Let's go, Mets.